Hello, everyone, and welcome to the J-Spot. I am Jacqueline Clorizio, a physician assistant from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I'm so excited to have Mary here. Mary is a nurse who's an aspiring injector, and I thought her story was really, really inspiring for people who don't have a direct path to aesthetics. They're kind of figuring out their way and trying to figure out what they want to do. And aesthetics might be a possibility, but they take other pathways than a direct pathway. I was more of a straight shooter. I feel like I went directly into PA school right after undergrad, knew I wanted to do aesthetics since I was basically born. I was like using eye cream when I came out of the womb. But I feel like that's not the case for most people. I feel like most people land in aesthetics later. So I thought it'd be really cool for you to share your story. So hi, Mary. Hi. Me and Mary work together. So I see each other all the time, every day, (laughs) all the time. Um, Tell us a little bit about what you went to undergrad for. So I know you didn't go to school for medicine or for science. So what did you go to undergrad? Where did you go to undergrad first off? So I went to a small state school. Um, It's called Cookstown University. It's like in the Bethlehem Allentown area. And I remember going to my advisor and just saying, I want nothing to do with math and science because I was not strong in those courses in high school and in middle school. Um, But I also didn't really apply myself in high school or middle school. So, but still in college, I was just like, I don't want math and science. So he was like communication studies is what you need to do. And I said, okay. Um, I wanted to be done in four years and that's the path that I took. Okay. So you study communications, nothing to do with medicine because you hate numbers and chemical equations. Yes. So what were the classes that you kind of took in undergrad? It was more like, what do you, what do you take for communications? So I remember just a lot of speech classes. I had to write a lot. Um, so that was good. I learned how to write and how to speak publicly. publicly. Um, it was awful though, because your crush would be in class and you'd be speaking and you'd be nervous and it would be terrible, but, but that's why you're doing so good on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it did help. I mean, it definitely helped with life, I guess in general. Um, and I did enjoy it. I had a lot of good friends, um, come from it and it was a good experience. And I think like public speaking is really beneficial for our industry because I feel like every consult is almost like an interview. Like totally. you have to like talk to people and present to people. Yeah. And if you can't talk to the people coming into our practices, it can turn them off completely. They like don't trust you. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. trust you. So I feel like that's a really good skill. Even though you didn't know you wanted to be in aesthetics, you built that kind of background for yourself. For sure. Yeah. So we're at Cutstown. We're studying communications. Now you're about to be like a radio host or something. <laughs> and what came after Cutstown? Like you graduated with communications. So what were you doing after school? So nothing. I moved home with my parents, as most people I feel like normally usually do. Um, and I was working for a family friend as a real estate appraiser. He, I was his assistant. Um, so I actually remember what is real estate appraiser. So you go around, I mean, I remember having like 12 houses a day. I would go with him. You would take pictures of the house, like every single room in the house. And then he would get comparables in the neighborhood. And then he would basically tell you what your house was worth, the value of your home. Okay. But we would do so many and I really did enjoy it. And I was like, maybe this is what I should be doing. And then, um, my friend called me who I went to Kutztown with. And he kind of made a joke about moving to Denver. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And I really didn't think he was serious. And then I 
moved to Denver. <laughs> and there you were in Denver. Yeah. And what were you doing in Denver for work? So I remember not having a job going out there. My parents kind of decided they were going to support me until I found a job because I really, like I said, wasn't doing much. And I think that they thought it was going to be a really good opportunity for me to kind of become independent and figure out my own way. And um, that's kind of what I did. I was working at a restaurant as a waitress and I was terrible. Like I remember getting in fights with <laughs> getting well, in fights with like <laughs> with the customers. Like it was just, I mean, it was not for me by any means. But that's another skill, like dealing with difficult oh my clientele. It was something else. Yeah. Um, but then I met this lady who came in for lunch one day and she I was kind of just talking to her. I was like, I'm so done with this. I just moved out here. I don't know what I want to do with my life. And she ran a um, urgent care and family practice. And she told me um, she could get me a job. And I needed that at the time. I needed full time. I needed stability. Mm-hmm. I needed more money. And she kind of promised me that. And I started working at the front desk at the urgent care and family practice. I mean, that's a great experience too, because there's things that happen in aesthetics that are are urgent matters. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's beneficial, but like circling back to the waitress thing, this is just something that I thought of. Like when we work, our medicine is cash, right? When mm-hmm. we work in aesthetics, we don't go through insurance companies. So I feel like working in a service industry also totally. benefits you because it's just different. You know, the quality of care is different when people aren't going through insurance and they're paying cash. They expect a different standard and a different level of service. And I think that's something that people coming out of other areas of medicine when they go into aesthetics is almost like a rude awakening. It's like shock. Yeah, Yeah. shocking. Like they can't be running super late. They can't be not cleaning their rooms properly. You know, a lot of times medical aesthetic places are offering wine or cheese or coffee. (laughs) I don't know, maybe a massage, right? You You never know. (laughs) So like, I feel like it's super important to understand the service industry, which I think was beneficial for you. I feel like you did all jobs. I really did. I totally. Yeah. That's just crazy. Like when you think about life, it's, you know, everything leads you where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell myself every day. Even if I get like, you know, like my car gets towed, I'm like, this is leading me somewhere. Exactly. Never is it leading me anywhere. It's just (laughs) leading me down by Ikea where it's like scary. And $300 to go out. Okay. So we're done with Colorado now. No. Well, you were working at the urgent care. Yes. And how long did you work there? The whole time I was out there. So two years. Um, But I also loved makeup so much. Like I remember doing my friend's makeup in college. I loved makeup. I did my own all the time. I I wore way too much. I remember wearing fake eyelashes every single day. God bless. Like it was like a second nature to me just putting on a fake eyelash. So I did love like the aesthetic. Like I loved um, aesthetics, just interior decor. I loved looking nice, my house looking nice. Um, So I knew that was kind of in me too. So I got a job working at MAC. And I worked there Saturday and Sunday and I worked Monday through Friday at the urgent care. So I was kind of doing both and I really did love both. I learned a lot about medicine. I remember like telling myself at the urgent care, I was like, I love, I would love to be a nurse or like provider in some way Mm -hmm. um, because it's just medicine so cool to me too. So I kind of was like torn between like this medicine aspect and kind of aesthetics. Yeah. So you were torn and you weren't sure what you wanted to do and you're working at this urgent care. And then what was your next step after the urgent care? So I moved home to Philadelphia. So I was out there for two years in Denver. I moved out with my friend, Ben, who we ended up dating and 
it was awful the whole year. Like it was just, it was a learning experience for sure. It was toxic and terrible, but also, you know, had its high points too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I decided to give my second year a fair shot. I moved out. I moved into my own apartment because I just didn't want to like leave that bad taste in my mouth and be like, Denver was the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I made it the best year of my life. Actually, it was, it was great. I made so many friends. I had so much fun. But I just decided it was time to come home. I remember thinking, maybe I'll go to nursing school in Denver. And then I was like, I feel like I need the support of my family and my friends because, I mean, nursing school is no joke. And I decided to come home. And then you came home. And what were you doing for work? So I moved back to Philly in 2018. And I got a job. One of my best friends, Brianna, got me this job working at the front desk in um, a medical spa. It's called KP Aesthetics in Newtown Square. So I remember her saying, you know, you could probably get into, cause she's an esthetician and I loved, you know, beauty. And yeah. um, she told me, she was like, you can probably work your way up. So, you know, try to get this front desk role and then go from there. Yeah. So I interviewed, I got the job and I started there. And you were just doing the front desk, right? Did they allow you to do anything else? So I was just doing the front desk at first and then I decided like how I kind of decided to go back to nursing school is I saw my boss and um she was an injector there. She owned the business. She was beautiful. She had, you know, she had it all together and that's kind of what I aspired to be and um that's why I ultimately went back to school. So I was working there, decided to go back to school. Um so I was working full time and going to school and they did allow me eventually, like I had to pay my dues, of course, at the yeah. front, as anyone does. Um, and they they told me that I could go to, they would take me to like a laser school. Mm-hmm. And we went to Nashville, Tennessee, and I got my laser cert- my laser certification. Okay. So um, I started doing like kind of teetering with the lasers and. Wait, so you could become a laser tech without any medical degree? Yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So like, that's amazing. Like I actually didn't know that because I think it's a great opportunity to learn one of the hardest things in aesthetic medicine. I still feel like I am learning lasers every single day. Lasers are the hardest areas. It's no joke. And I think it's a good way to get your feet wet. And it also makes you a better candidate when you're applying for jobs because you have some sort of experience. Like that's the issue. I feel like people have nothing to present. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn anything about aesthetics when I was no, in school. So nothing. when you come out and you're like, Hey, it's me. I know nothing, but hire me. Like, <laughs> you know, people are like, you're just a project for me and I don't want to do that. So maybe having like your laser technician license, that's what it's called. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be beneficial, especially for when applying to jobs and you can make some money doing that. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the packages and um, the treatments, they're pretty expensive. So if you're working on commission or anything like that, it's definitely like beneficial. And then you were working at KP, you were a laser technician, and then you were also in school? Yes. So I was doing more front desk. Like I was just starting out in laser kind of right when I left KP. Okay. So I was mostly front desk there, but I was still, you know, teetering, learning about lasers, learning laser hair removal and different like facial lasers and tattoo removal and things like that. Okay. And late, um, sorry. And nursing school was part-time nursing school. Yeah. So I went during COVID so that the first year was completely online, um, which was 
beneficial to me because I could sit here and go to class um, my two hours in the morning Mm -hmm. and then I would go, go to work all day. Okay. And during nursing school, you were in nursing school in the morning and then you would go to work after. Yes. Yeah. Which I, that's a hustle. Yeah. It it was a lot. It was a lot. You were working like 10 hour days. And then driving probably two hours in total there yeah. and back. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. It sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> it was, but, but like you're, when you're in it, you don't even realize you're in it. Like it's just a grind. You get used to your routine and yeah. you just, you have no choice. Like for me, I was like, I have no choice, but to, but to pass and to get my degree because I don't want to be at the front desk my whole life. I yeah. mean, that's just where I was at. How long was your program? My program was two years, but it took me about three because I had to go back for all of my prerequisites that I didn't have in for my undergrad. Because you were I had zero, yeah, yeah. zero okay. math. I had zero science. So I remember having to take statistics and anatomy and all of these things that I just thought <laughs> were was like my weak point. And I just tried it and I was like, you know what, I can do this. Yeah. It's not as hard. Like, I mean, it is hard, but anyone can do it. I mean, honestly, if I can do it, anyone can. I mean, you're smart. You're acting like you're but like, like, no, like <laughs> it was hard for me, but I just don't think I believed in myself. I always say this. I'm like, I don't think I believed in myself enough to go back to school to learn these things because I just had a bad taste in my mouth about science and math. Yeah. But so during nursing school, what do you do mostly in your clinicals? Like where, where are most of your clinicals? Because for me, like like I said, I was treating like hypertension mm-hmm. and high blood pressure. Well, hey, hypertension is high yeah. blood pressure, high cholesterol. You know, we were learning how to do general surgery, like appendectomies and things like mm-hmm. that. But we were never learning injectables never. or lasers or filler. We were never learning what to do during a vascular occlusion, you know. And that's that's funny to me because like we send them to the ER. So I feel like we should learn more about them. Right. Totally. Um but what do you what does nursing school mostly consist of in terms of clinical exposure? So I it's hard for me to speak on that because again I was it was over the pandemic. So we were in the hospital, we would only we were only allowed on med surge floors. So I mean that in itself is pretty terrible because you always hear don't do med like med surge is the worst part of nursing and it's like yes you get experience but it's like so hard and it's it's the rough, it's the ugly, it's the dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not the beautiful, glamorous nursing job that yeah. anyone wants. Yeah. Um. So we just did med surge and, you know, you learn a lot, but it's, it was mostly like, I don't even remember, um, bowel resections and like, oh, it was I all. I loved bowel resections. You know, <laughs> just seeing the intestines come out. Yeah. The colostomy <laughs> bags and people, you know, oh my goodness, all the body fluids that come out of yeah. those. And, um, it was good experience, but I just knew, I mean, I never, I knew that I never wanted to do bedside nursing. And I remember my clinical instructor literally being like during evaluations, she looked at me and she's like, Mary, there's other nursing avenues <laughs> rather than bedside nursing. She's like, she Mary, could, I know you're miserable. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> like she could just tell, like I did, I did, I do really like medicine yeah. and the, like learning about medicine and the body but yeah, it just wasn't, it's never been a thought in my mind that I ever wanted to do bedside unless it was like pediatrics or something like that. But we yeah. never knew if we liked it because we didn't have exposure to that during school. That's pretty crazy. Because of COVID. Yeah. So we're at KP, we're in nursing school, mm-hmm. we're killing it. We're mm-hmm. working like 75 hour days. 
And what still came partying. after? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> still having a you social life. You always have a good time. Yeah. What came after KP? So I worked with Olivia, who became a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. She was the clinic manager there. She had left and went to Body and Beauty Lab. And she kind of knew I was ready to get out of KP, not only because it was in Newtown Square, but she just, it was just a kind of. She sensed it. She sensed it. She sensed I was ready to move on. So she offered me this, it was called Beauty Coordinator at the time. Ooh, beauty coordinator. You sound official. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, totally. It's in the city. I can walk there. Um, If you think that I can grow within this company, I'm there. And she said yes to all those things. So I left KP and started working at Body and Beauty Lab. Um, And I was still going to school there. Yeah. Like going to school and working at Body and Beauty Lab too. Because I just graduated. I mean, five, six months ago. Yeah. Um, and I remember meeting with Amy and she was like, if you want to be on the aesthetic track, like we'll get you there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I put in hard work. I've been there almost two years as an MA, beauty coordinator, medical assistant, whatever you want to call it. So beauty coordinator was MA. The same thing we're doing. Okay. Yeah. They just it, didn't like the term really. It was like more appealing to say beauty coordinator, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, um, but and I, what do you do like as an MA there? So it's fine. I know what you do, but you know, cause I work with you every day, but tell the listeners. It's kind of like evolved. It's evolved. I mean, I started working because two nurses needed assistance. Okay. Um, we would uh, reconstitute Botox and Dysport. We would prep the room, stock the room, um, just things along those lines. We would pull up Botox for people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, draw up Botox. Um, so things like that. Okay. And keeping them on schedule because they were, you know, taking you know, the grand old time away, using those communication skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were learning how to reconstitute Botox and Dysport, which I think some people even applying to jobs don't know how to do. So do you, what is the best part you think that came out of being an MA? for you and for your future job? I mean, honestly, everything. I feel like from the recon- from the consult, from the like initial consult, how to talk to people, how to figure out like what they're there for, what their needs are, because some people come in for one thing and they need something completely different on done with their face. Mm-hmm. Um, so the initial consult, how to reconstitute just how to talk to people in general. I mean, I've been watching people for two years and mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of great injectors and their different techniques. So I just, I feel like I was at it, you know. Um, it's almost like you were like shadowing forever. That's the thing. Yeah. I like, I am, that's what I was doing. Kind and it's of. funny because like now we offer a shadowing course and you're yeah. shadowing courses all over and all these practices are building universities and Obviously, there's always been those training weekend courses, but I feel like education and aesthetics is becoming a bigger thing because we're realizing how undereducated people are. Totally. So it's really awesome that you got to like shadow for how many days? Like 800 days? Yeah. And I mean, like I said, there were like four or five different great injectors that were so different in their techniques that like I I feel like I kind of took bits and pieces yeah. from everyone. And um, hopefully one day I'll be... A killer injector. people too. (laughs) Yeah. So 
I think this is like really great information for people that are aspiring to be an injector, especially for people who don't have a direct shot to the injector position. Can you just share any last advice that you might have for somebody who's trying to figure out their career or just somebody trying to get into aesthetics? Yeah. If you have any advice for them, I think this would be a good time to share it. So for getting into aesthetics, I really can't speak on because, you know, I feel like I was given this opportunity. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people don't have opportunities like through people that you knew that connected you with different, but that's a good opportunity to talk about like making sure you connect with people and network with people. And work hard and just show your worth at work. I mean, like I said, if I was a, if like if I was a crappy employee, they wouldn't be giving me this opportunity to get into. So I'm just really thankful for, you know, our company. And, um, but as far as the, you asked me advice, advice for people figuring it out. I mean, my advice is to go back to school. Like if you are thinking about it, if you are on, you know, if you're border, like if you're teetering with that, just do it. Yeah. It's never too late. I had classes with 50 year olds. Like seriously. I mean, there was people with kids in my classes oh, and I was like, I, I cannot was like even the, take care of myself. I don't know how you're taking care of yourself. I was like the kids. only one without kids. Like I rem- like, cause I mean, a community college is a little bit different. Um, but I mean, seriously, these women were awesome. Like they were better students than me. And now they, they're a nurse. They're finally what they wanted to be forever. So it's just never too late. And you just have to start somewhere and don't get overwhelmed with like the timeline of things. Cause I remember like you have to get your prereqs, just go back at your own pace you can make anything work with your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say just do it if you're thinking about it. And do you recommend working during school if you can? I liked it because I felt a sense of normalcy. Like I wasn't I, – I've had a couple friends in the accelerated programs and they're like, I don't have a life. Yes, yeah. you're done quicker. Um But I think for me, since I was also in the industry, I want to be in as a nurse – it was beneficial to me. Yeah. So I think it just depends like on your path, on what you're doing with your work. Like if you're working at something that's stressing you out and you hate, I'd probably say ditch it and just go to school. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, I think that's great advice. Yeah. I honestly think that it doesn't always have to be a straight shot. And I agree with you that even if you don't go back full time. I, I feel like a big thing that people say, and I'll end with this, is that I can't imagine going from making an income to not making an income. Do you ever hear people say that? Yeah. So I feel like it's a good point that you can go to school, just not as accelerated and still make an income and have that sense of normalcy. Totally. So it's never too late. Totally. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mary. You're welcome. I was so grateful to have you on the podcast. As always, this is not intended to give any medical advice. So if you need medical advice, please contact your provider. We'll see you next Monday on the J-Spot.